Pulp-MX Network production. Pulp-MX fans, we're 550-plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp-MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mackles Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. BTOsports.com, the nation's leading retailer. Anything you need or bike or body, they've got it. Go to their website, check it out. Anything they've got in the industry, that uh, they've got it all. And uh, Pulpamex.com or Pulpamex code saves you money. We thank you guys uh, at BTOsports.com for supporting this podcast. And uh, go there, buy something, support the podcast, damn it. And uh, Fox Racing, foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer, global innovation leader in motocross racewear, Flex Air, 2016 Flex Air gear out now. Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey, of course, wear Fox, and Mark Barnett wore Fox, and Rich Johnson wore Fox, and a lot of guys wore Fox. I wore Fox back in the day. I had the zebra print. So, uh, foxhead.com, visit them, and uh, btosports.com. This is the Racer X Podcast, Monster Energy Cup wrap-up show. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, with me on the line. My boss from Racer X Online, Jason Wygant. Yeah. Who was not at the Monster Energy Cup. Not there. Can you believe I've only gone to the race one time? Yes. Four years, right? Four, five years? 2012. Yeah. I think it's five now. I think it's five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. So, uh, one time. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, one time. <sighs> yep. The first year, I was like everybody else on the fence. I'm like, ah, somebody from the West Coast can go. Second year, I went. And then this AIM Expo has been the same weekend. I don't, I don't quite, I don't know who scheduled that. I mean, Monster Cup is what it is. I don't know why the AIM Expo is always in the same weekend. Well, you didn't listen to my Larry Little podcast on Racer X Online last week. He explained. Oh, did, I was going to say, could you ask him? Oh, oh yeah, you actually did ask. Oh yeah. What did he say? Well, it has to do with the uh, uh, Cologne show, and it has to do with the Milan show. And where they're oh. scheduled, and how people want to go from, and the buying time is now. And so he can't he can't have it on the same weekend as Milan or Cologne, which is every second year, I believe. One of those shows is every second yes. year. Cologne is every second Cologne year. is every second year, and the Milan show, and he wants he has to fit right into that sweet spot, and it happens to be the Monster Energy Cup sweet spot. Literally, but you can't wiggle one week. Apparently not. I don't think it's called a sweet spot the way it's going. I don't. Apparently not. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, so that's how it happened. Um, thanks for listening to that podcast, by the way. That's awesome. Um, I don't need to listen. I live it. I live it. How was the AIM Expo? Why can't? Well, how was it? Racer X had a little booth set up with some dirt bikes. Cool. Cool little deal. Well, I think uh, I always feel this way about the trade shows. This is something that no probably fan listening to the podcast really understands what it is. I just remember being on the outside and just hearing about this indie trade show over here and, like, big things are going to announce. And I'm like, what? I don't get it. But I also didn't get on the outside, you know, what is, say in JT's case, what is this WPS? And what is Parts Unlimited? And what is Tucker Rocky? What are these things? Like, these are the behind-the-curtain parts of the industry that, 
you know, you can follow the racing and you know who Jeremy McGrath is, you know who's winning Supercross, but this is like the this is like the, the veins and blood of the industry. These are the companies that carry stuff when you go to your dealership and you buy it. This is how it all happens. It's just very strange. I'm, I'm sure most people listening are like, why in the hell would RaceRx have people going to the trade show instead of the Monster Cup? But you could argue that the trade show is more important for us sure. uh, than yeah. one race. And I'm sure tons of other companies feel that way. So, yeah, it is what it is. You're basically, just imagine it's almost any product you could ever imagine in a dealership. You're checking it out. They're trying to get dealers to stock it. So wow. it's, it's cool. I mean, we're gearheads, right? Like, I like looking at stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, and also, yep. too, advertising, bro. All right, you're going around, you're trying to get advertising. So, you yeah, have, I mean, when basically you know, every company is captive for three or four days yeah. in the same giant building, you can get a lot more work done than you can calling people on the phone. You uh, you hold feature stories hostage, ones that need to be out in the wild, and you hold them hostage, yeah. and you yeah. scurry them around under the dark of night at AIM Expo. Bait. Bait. He's a bait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the line, yeah. uh, Fly Racing Zone, uh, Privateer Hero. Former private hero, Jason Thomas. I'm here. Yeah. Yep. Very excited so, intro you gave me there. Thank you. Uh, was anyone mad about our previous yeah. argument? No, 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 not at all. Uh, was anybody interested in that feature story? Why well, again? Did you get any feedback about how great and incredible that is? I haven't asked. Although I think uh, no, I did hear one company's interested in general um, in the concept that we have. Okay. I don't know if it was specifically that story, but uh, one uh, gear line that uh, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to give away names of like who the company was or anything yeah. like that, but I will say that they have the number of a rider who wears the gear in the name of the company. Okay. All right. The number yeah. of a, the gear yes. of the rider. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Got, I got name it. Of a company. I got I don't it. want to give it away. It took me a while, but I got it. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Uh, Monster Energy Cup. Let's uh, Let's start there. I guess... Um, JT, I'll start with you. I track was kind of basic. I love the bringing the start back in. That's a great idea because uh, I love when they took the start out. I was like, hey, that's awesome. Then I was like, no, it's not. That's wrong. That's bad. So I love bringing the start back into the stadium. And I love the elevator start. That was really cool. But I guess because super minis are there, you kind of every year the track kind of has to be basic, and it was again this year. Yeah, I think there's a couple things, and, and you definitely nailed one of them um, that I feel you know they're they're have a big ask there to make a track that suits everyone with you know amateurs and super minis and and pro level guys that's going to be challenging and create a good show. Um, so they don't put whoops in, they don't put some some things that we could add. I also think they kind of do it to lure in the the Euro riders. Um, that really hasn't panned out, you know. I know. Uh, Gautier Paulin was planning on coming this year, and then he had knee surgery. But uh, I think that was originally part of the plan, was to try to build a track that the Euro guys could be on a level playing field uh, with not a ton of Supercross experience. But I, I don't know. I just don't know if the track is um, the, the greatest. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right uh, analogy for it. I just think that the you know the passing suffers and without whoops it you know it takes a really exciting aspect of Supercross out of it. Um, so I wish they could find a way around that. You know maybe build like a pro section yeah, only, yeah, uh, or something just something to to raise the level of difficulty and add some some passing opportunities back in for the pro guys. Well, I think the um, the race itself was 
first build as like a motocross supercross of nations, right? They had a real long lap time. They built it really motocrossy. They were hoping to get some Euros showing up. No whoops was part of the reason why, because the Europeans don't have a ton of experience in whoops. I can vouch for that being overseas a ton, and so can you, JT. But um, we're not there. The original concept of the Monster Energy Cup has not happened. Good, bad, whatever, for whatever reason. It hasn't happened. But they kind of stick to the no whoops policy, and you wonder, like, hmm, you know, like you said, like, what about making the Super Minis skip it, you know, and but still putting it in? Because I think it hurts the racing a little bit. I love the three, uh, 310 lappers, and I love the Joker lane and all that, but, man, track is just kind of too kinda easy, blah, right? right? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Zach Osborne, I was talking to Zach Osborne. He loved the track. I was making fun of him and for that. And he said, look um, – I don't want, at this time of the year, I don't want some gnarly rhythm section, big-ass whoops at this time of the year. I'm coming off a little bit of a break. I haven't started my full supercross testing, and I loved it. That's what Zach Osborne said, and he's got a point. I, and that's fine. That, that's all well and good. I, you know, I think that the riders should have some say, but also it's, it's kind of about making the best show, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, so I mean, I if you ask 30 riders, just, you, get th- just, you get 30 opinions. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. don't think you can discount it. Just because you know guys have taken time off, because mm. unfortunately there's a bigger picture than that. So uh, I don't know. I just think, uh, just like you said, I think there could be some options looked at to kind of improve the racing aspect of it. Why can't the Joker Lane, the three ten lappers? I'm down with all that. You? Oh yeah. Well, the Joker Lane. I feel like the Joker Lane. Okay, there's been a few high profile incidents. It's not impacting the racing like I would hope it would. Um, but it's still better. I still feel to have it than not have it. It just there's always that chance that it's going to mess something up. It's like pit stops that just about every other form of racing have. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they go about the same and nothing gets screwed up. But it just adds that little drama, like oh wait, this guy appears to have it. He's not going to be challenged. He's going to win. But what if the Joker Lane thing screws him over? Just to have that extra element. The three ten lap mains. That's a slam dunk all the way. All, yeah. all about it. Yep. I think we say this every year on the show. I, I like it. There is a little drawback, and um, I can tell you from watching it on TV every year, you don't get to see the riders through the field because it just doesn't string out enough. I mean, let's be honest. Laps 10 through 20 of a regular Supercross are usually not the most exciting, and that's when they're like, let's check out the battle for ninth. Uh-huh. They never get to that point. So there's a little drawback there, but, I mean, as far as the racing, how awesome is it to start the night, here we go, this gate drop matters. It's not yeah. a dumb heat race that really means nothing. Yeah, I like it. No, I like it. I, and, you know, obviously, I can go on and on. I think I hope they do some of this in Supercross, and I think they are. I think they are going to do some stuff. But uh, not next year, but really? 2017. Yeah, 2017 is the word on the street. They're going to try some stuff. It's going to be a little kooky. So I'm, I'm down with that. All right. Um, oh, yeah. JT, you, oh, yeah. you were saying, like, you like the Joker Lane, but you want it to be faster. Make it a shortcut. Yeah, I was talking to some of my friends around the office, and I think that would be cool. Um, you know, you could kind of strategize for when you could take your shot at trying to get to the lead, you know, because I feel like it, there's nothing more important at Monster Cup than track position. Uh, so I think if you, you know, you could really start thinking about, well, when, when am I going to go to try to get the lead? Maybe early, you know, if you get like a fourth place start, you take it right away and try to get to the front and then block like hell the rest of the race, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just think it would be different uh, and change it up because really, you know, it, it's really not going to change a whole lot going being faster or slower, but we've never seen it faster. So mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so we saw another guy miss the Joker lane, Jason Anderson. Uh, first race, he won, uh, but he missed the Joker lane. Now he wouldn't have won 
had he taken the Jericho lane, he probably would have got third. Um, but I, I'm sorry, riders who are listening to this. I think less of you if you miss the Jericho lane. Your, your IQ goes down a little bit in my books for missing a Jericho lane. I just I can't believe these guys do that. I can't believe they cannot remember to take a Jericho lane. It's phenomenal, JT. It, it, I just. It is. It is. It's unfortunate that, um, you know, Ryan Dungey and Ryan Vilpoto both did it because uh, I consider those two fairly bright. You okay, know, who did it? And smart racers, but. Who missed it first, RV or Dunge? Uh, Dunge. Dun- uh, Dunge. Okay, first. so then our yeah. buddy RV, yeah. after seeing Dunge miss it, missed the next yeah. race. <laughs> he was the one that told Dunge. You remember that? Right, Dunge right, yes. Villapoto yeah, yeah, yeah. says, you forgot the Joker lane, and then Villapoto forgets himself a half hour later. And then yes. there were all the, uh, the the memes about RV misses the Joker lane and then tries to commit suicide right after. Yeah. You guys see all those where yeah, he uh, I didn't. crashes brains yep. out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just I don't know how they can do it. I mean, JT, you, um, you're a former pro racer. I I don't know how you forget the Jericho lane. I mean, I know there's a lot going on, but you got one extra thing to remember. Yeah, it is. I can I can see how it happens because these guys get you you really do get tunnel vision out there, especially like in a situation where those guys are racing for the win like that. But at the same time, Anderson had had to wonder how he got to the lead. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just killing how did it, bro. That miraculously get to the lead. You know, like that's got to that's got to factor into your thinking. Well, you get yeah, because you never make the passes. They, right, they're in the Joker lane. Right, right, yeah, of course. So like, oh yeah, they took the Joker lane. Now I'm in the lead. Don't forget, I got to take like, you know, you got to remember. You just have to. Are you just so full of yourself? You're like, yes, I'm killing it. I'm <laughs> passing these guys without. I'm blowing by them. I don't know. I don't. Understand. It's totally the the, the uh, focus. On, on the TV show, he explained that he uh, he thought. I guess he saw lap nine on the tower, mm-hmm. and then thought the race had one more lap to go, and he mis miscalculated all that. But I just love the sheer brilliance of the teams. They're basically like, yeah, let's come up with our strategy for the Joker Lane. Just take it on the last lap. Take it on the last lap. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Why? Let's why get, not just let's, take it on lap seven, so you don't even flirt with that. Let's give ourselves no room for error. None. Zero. You have to take yeah, it on the like, last lap, right? Right. I don't know what it would be, but let's say you plan taking the last lap and there's a lap rider in the way or you blow the corner and you can't get in there. Like, give yourself more than one chance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not blow yeah. the entire race. Now, having yeah. said that, uh, Anderson was great. Uh-huh. He was great. Anderson rode well. Yeah, and I don't want to just blame Anderson. In years past, almost everyone just waits until the last lap. It's like the standard protocol, just wait until the last lap. That's what almost everybody does. Dunge was blowing my mind. He kept taking it on the fifth lap. I'm like, there you go. Right. There you go. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. But I love it. I hope no. they keep doing it. I love the Joker lane. I like it. I like I think it would be a little more exciting to see it quicker because you could zoom by two guys early in the race. You know, like say you're in a pack on the third lap. And you take it, and you just make four passes. Like people are just gonna go, "Oh my god!" Like they're gonna, like it's exciting to see that, right? Now, granted, the next lap you get passed when the other dudes take it, but whatever. It's an it's a it's an exciting visual if it was a lot shorter, and you could just blow by dudes, you know. So, um, but yeah, um, Anderson uh, Anderson was great. He was great. Uh, Trey Kennard was a little angry with him. I did not see the TV yet, the TV show yet. Why can't um, does, does Trey Kennard have a right to be a little angry, with Jason Anderson? Um, I can see in the heat of the moment. Like, I don't know if it was like Anderson did anything crazy or dirty, but I mean, dude, 
I cannot believe that Trey did not get hurt. I mean, that looked like impending doom, mm-hmm. especially for, unfortunately, all the stuff we've already seen happen to Trey. Right. So I could definitely see when you're flying through midair and about to land in the manager's tower how you'd be livid. Um, I mean, I think it was just a racing incident, but I, I think Trey has the right to be to be mad because that was pretty crazy. Yeah, he was fast, JT. Yeah, or is he just following oh. too close? Is he just following too close? Is that the problem again? No, 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 <laughs> no, no problems. Just kidding. Um, just kidding. Uh, he uh, he was fast, fastest qualifier. Had the lead in the first main, went down on that. I thought that turn was cool. By the way, going up in a start straight. Did you do you two guys like that? Yeah. The start was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was a neat little visual. But um, Trey was fast, JT. Just uh, couldn't put it together. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Um, I feel like that's always the case, though. You he know, was. He was able cross. to move up on a track that we just talked about being basic. Yeah, he rides so damn well, man. I'm. I'm starting to want to think he's. He's the Ricky Bobby of Moto. You know, he's so freaking fast. But it's. It just seems like you know, first or last, checkers or wreckers. Like he just. Yeah. He he wants it. It's almost like he wants it too much. You know, he's almost like James in that way. Like they're so incredibly fast and so incredibly talented, but you know, being able right. to eliminate that costly mistake has been tough. Do you guys want to talk about Stu now or later? It's always a good time to talk about Stu. Forget about it later. What? <laughs> Weege, what? I'm sure you'd rather wait. Wow, I kind of saw this coming. To be honest. Oh really? You were you were right on top of this. I give you that. <laughs> How bad was our group text before the race, <laughs> during the race, and after the race? Um, I, I I mean I thought he was going to win. I really did. I I compared him to a rabid dog locked in a house. He needed wins to survive. He was coming out of the locked house and grabbing mow down the competition in a bloody mess and take the win. And everything else, but yeah, it didn't work out that well. Um, I mean, even going eighteen one and one probably wouldn't have got us the overall. It was a little disappointing. His practice times, really, too. Also, nah, not that great. I think we we never really. Uh, I think you said this good on the Pulp Show. We we like to think he's in a boot camp the whole time he's suspended, but perhaps not. Perhaps this is a work in progress. No, no I, I think it was a mistake that everybody made when the smoke cleared up. Okay, he really is suspended, but he is not you know, going to be banned from the sport. He will be back. The team's still backing him. Is Red Bull still there? So then we all thought, all right, man, 2016, he's going to come back as a hero. He's going to have the fans on his side. And, oh, my God, is he going to be fired up. It is going to be James Stewart, yes. like 18 yes. years old again. Yes, he's yes. He's training, riding. He's gonna have J Mac, J Mac on the back of his pants, zebra pink, <laughs> pink fox zebra print pants, and it is on. Yep, two fifty nine and break dancing on the podium. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All, but, yeah. But I mean, now we've all gotten to see him in person once. I saw him last weekend. You guys saw him this weekend. You saw him ride. I mean, he looks like a guy who had a year off. You know, that's it. Like not. It didn't make the fire burn hotter. He just, it just is what it is. Now, will he ramp it up by January? I mean, certainly yeah. he could, but he's not Cujo right now. You know, okay, he did crash and he hurt his wrist in a separate thing that affected it. But even if that hadn't happened, the James Stewart, I think people were expecting to see this race. He wasn't there. He just, he's just not ready for that yet. 
I think like Chad, like when we'll talk about Chad here in a second, but I'm not making any judgments on this race from on Chad Reed. You know, he it is what it is. And same with James. I think he will be ready. I, but yes, I and many others mistook his off time, you know, um, for prep time. So he just never had like any explosiveness either, JT. Like when you watch him, he didn't have it. It, whatever it is. Nah, he just you know rusty. He's yeah. Not, uh, he's not just not prepared. I I feel like uh, and we'll get into it. But Ryan Dungey was on the same level. They just um, you could you could see the time off in their riding. Do you you don't think JT though? Like you don't think this is a sign of things to come in 2016? Do you? From James? Yeah. No. Okay. No, he'll, right, yeah. He's he'll you know he's got 10 or 11 weeks of hardcore riding and training ahead of him. Yeah. And I, and I think he'll. Uh, yeah, he didn't forget how to ride. Yeah, right, he'll be okay. he'll be just fine. Weege, you're not you're not drawing any like when we do our season preview. You're not you're not gonna be worried, are you? No, but I mean you have to take something out of it. Like to me, it's okay. We assume that he was gonna be so fired up that he'd have been training like a madman in the best shape of his life ever. You know, right about now, and he didn't. I, I mean, to me, that means something. You right, know what I mean? Right. So that doesn't mean that he can't get in shape by January. But once you take the, okay, I guess the time off didn't make him go insane like a prisoner and come in ripped and ready and unbelievably focused and fired up. Once you take that off the table, I think you have to factor it in. Like, hmm, mm-hmm. that's strange. He really did just <laughs> hang out on the couch. <laughs> well, God, can you imagine how, how motivating, how, how unmotivating it must be to get out there in August in Florida and pound some laps where you have the water and the golf course waiting? You know? Like... Yeah. So you know, actually, that's a great point, and and maybe I'm in the wrong for saying what I said. Like, maybe if anybody were in that situation, that's what you'd re- should reasonably expect from them. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Can you imagine Chad if he had a year long yeah. suspension? Oh God. <laughs> Michelin Man, he'd come in and look like the Michelin Man. <laughs> he'd be looking like RV in that Hawaiian vacation photos that we've all seen uh, the year you... after. Broke his leg. Do you remember seeing him at the U.S. Open in 2006 or five? Chad? Whatever year he came in and didn't race. He just came back from Australia after shoulder surgery. He was about 185, 190. No, I don't remember that. Was That's that huge? Was that the year we were standing there in MGM and he hit me in the back of the head? Uh, I don't know. Okay, you were standing there. But, maybe that but he would have fought in the heavyweight class. So if he hit you, he probably hit you really hard. <laughs> Well, you know when he he gets a few in him, he likes to hit people. He headbutts a lot as well. Yes, yes. So, so a lot uh, of slapping. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we'll you're see. right. Maybe this is just par for the course. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe you maybe you lay off. Lay yeah. off my stew, bro. Lay off. So. Yeah. But I just think the Red Bull thing, the straight rhythm, I think, was a little misleading. Because like, there were no turns. That, <laughs> Well, he won, right? Yeah. He won. Right. But I, that, that even though he won, I left saying, hmm, I'm not sure yet. I'll just have to see you in January. Not like, oh, my God, look out. You're so full of shit. So, what are you talking about? When he was trailing Ryan Dungey in his runs and jumped the dragon back that like I think only Brayton was doing, then blitzed across whoops going Mach 5, enough to make Carmichael – uh, tweet about how this guy's just crazy. You didn't think the old Stu was there? Yeah, he could still um, just go crazy balls on the roof like no one else would willing to do. So, 
didn't make me think, oh, look out, Supercross champ coming your way. All right. I mean, let's be honest. He could not train, not ride, not test, not do anything, and crazy balls his way through the whoops like no one else was willing to do. So does that show me? I mean, it's just, okay, he can still unbelievably go fast through the whoops. There's some guys in the NBA who are like 38 years old, and they can still shoot three-pointers from the corner. That doesn't mean they have everything they used to have in their prime. They've got their one trick, though. Ricky can still jump triples. I've seen him in opening ceremonies for 100 years now. So, All right, I'll leave that one alone. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about the winner. We have, let's talk about the winner, Kenny Roxon. Um, he was good. He was really good. Uh, better than I thought. He kind of follow him on social media. He's riding some backyard supercross track in Germany. And, you know, he had surgery um, to fix his back a little bit. He didn't seem like he was, you know, at all in sort of um, – you know, a big training mode, but um, yeah, uh, he's pretty good, JT. Yeah, I think uh, I think he was fast. Um, uh, Anderson the, got the, the starts. Rough. Anderson got all three hole shots, yeah. won a truck. Yep. Yeah, but I think uh, I don't know. I just try not to take too much away from this race. I, I really well, don't. We're doing a know. podcast. Can you try to take something out of it? No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to keep all of this stuff in check as far as what I expect for 2016. Yeah. Because if you look back, and history has taught me this, you know, if you go back, and you were over there too, but you look at, like, the races back then, and, like, Larry Ward and Steve Lampson and Robbie Rayner, these guys were unstoppable. I mean, they could not lose if you went to an off-season race. All right. And then you showed up at... Anaheim, and then, you know, McGrath won again, and, and you know what I mean? The same, it was the same old story, so yeah. um, I just, I think we're going to see the same things that we expect when we come to Anaheim, even though, you know, Jason Anderson hole shot it three times, and Dungey looked rusty, and, you know, I, I just don't think you can draw conclusions or, or get too carried away off this one race, but um, having said all that, I mean, it, it was still, you know, strong performances from a lot of those guys. Um. I talked to an insider at uh, RCH. No, it was not Watson. Okay, but um, so uh, it was Carmichael. <laughs> it was Carmichael. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give it away, but we were chatting last night on Facetime, and um, uh, he, you know, Kenny's on KYB stuff now, and it was uh, Eli's on KYB stuff, and Will's on Showa, and Kenny's going to be on KYB suspension, and um, uh, Brock Tickle will be on Showa. It's. It, this person was telling me the stuff that they have to go through because, you know, Suzuki's are sold with Showas and they're sold with air forks. And we know last year that Roxon getting air, putting spring forks on when the was really fought hard from Suzuki. Well, you think that was fought hard? Try putting on KYB stuff. I mean, we're talking the highest levels of a company, everyone not happy, no one wanting to try this, no one wanting Kenya to do this because of what it looks like. Um, you know, for a stock bike because they don't sell KYB. It's just insane. The the bike, Kenny Roxon's racing a bike that has different wheels, suspension, clutch perch bars, sprocket, graphics, foot pegs, you name it. Kenny Roxon's bike has multiple, multiple differences from a stock RMZ450. But don't change the suspension company. Don't do that. But, I mean, it, it really worked. It, it, he, he loves it. It's great on it. And we're going to see Eli on it and Honda switch to it. But, geez, JT, these, these guys, I mean, they gotta get some. They got to get a clue here and let these teams try things like this if they can do it. Because, look, it worked. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, personally, I think that it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, it shouldn't matter. Because 
I know, you know, myself as a consumer, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily get free bikes anymore like I used to. You know, maybe I get some help, but not really. So if I was in the market, um, if I want to go buy a Suzuki, you know, I, I could care less what forks Ken Roxon's running. You know, if I like the Suzuki and I think it looks good, then I'm going to go buy one. You know, the fact that I, I just, him switching back and forth to a fork that I can't possibly get my hands on anyway, who cares? There, there, and, and if you're a consumer, there's... Let's say, no, no, you know, you're pretty well-educated, obviously, about what's going on. But let's just say you're a consumer. There's 80 things that are different on Kenny Roxon's bike than your bike right. at the dealer. So what, the f- suspension's going to hold you back? Like, it's ridiculous. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, even if, you know, the Showa that comes on the Suzuki, that you, it's so important to you, that Showa's completely different than the Showa you would buy anyway. So I who just, cares? You've got to hear these people tell, talk about how this is. And, and, you know, and we saw this with other stuff, too. I mean... I told a story when I was at Yamaha that, uh, you know, we came up with the bell-bottom forks, JT. Do you remember those things? And Weege, I don't know yep. if you remember. But in 05, we had bell-bottom forks, and Chad didn't like them. Or maybe it was DV. I don't remember. But somebody didn't like them. And, you know, we could not switch back to a standard straight fork the year before. Still KYB. And we still still, still same company. But, oh, it looks different than, than Marketing the, catastrophe. It's like, oh, my God. Are you guys serious right now? Look, we've already covered how these riders are delicate little flowers and they're weirdos and so like let kenny do this i mean obviously he is he won it's all a it's a moot point it's a moo point as joey from friends would say but uh it's just ridiculous though these companies like good god i mean uh, yeah i guess we're seeing a little bit more though eli's gonna be on kyb will's gonna be on showa rch i want to make a comparison yes uh, and i know you hate MotoGP, but this is a good comparison for this, this argument. I don't hate MotoGP. It's just stupid. Okay, well, I know you're not interested in it. Yeah, it's not interested. It's, right. Yeah. But they should take, you know, motocross could take a lesson from them because mm-hmm. A, uh, factory motorcycles are far, far different than the bike you go buy off the street. Uh, MotoGP is, is obviously more different. I, I get that. But um, those guys don't care. You know, Mark Marquez was struggling at the beginning of the year. They put a 2014 chassis on and said, "Have at it." And he started winning. Yeah. You know, they they don't care. Like it, it's they understand the fact that the the production motorcycle you buy and the motorcycle these you know heroes of the sport are racing are completely different. So it, it doesn't so why, matter. Why are we such whack jobs with this? Why can't I don't know. I don't know. I think that just that little piece you're talking about, just the hey, this is supposed to be a production based motorcycle. Thing makes that little bit extra difference. It is absolutely whack job. It is absolutely dumb. It's stupid. Not only would the show of stuff that Roxon has not be the show of stuff you would get on your Suzuki anyway, but let's be honest. What you need your motorcycle to do and what he needs it to do are totally different. If you were actually going to ride a supercross track, like that was a significant interest of yours, like that's the type of riding I do. I do on-offs. I do triples and supercross loops. Right. You're not riding on stock suspension anyway. Right? Yeah. So... There's literally no reason that you would think, I need to have his suspension, beyond the fact that he wouldn't even be the same anyway, because he would have worked stuff and you wouldn't. I agree. It's asinine. It's stupid. However, there's a very delicate balance in this sport between, I always feel, motorcycle companies spending unrealistic amounts of money, more money than they probably should, money that doesn't really make sense, and somehow they're willing to do it. So whatever trickery they need to come up with in their mind to justify I still say you can go down to the go down to your grocery store right now and tell people that these guys make millions of dollars for racing dirt bikes, and I think people would still be like, "Really?" Yeah, because yeah. for some dumb reason, 
the Hukies willing to spend millions of dollars to sell 2,000 RMZ 450s a year. So whatever trickery, accounting-wise, marketing-wise, R&D-wise, they need to do to claim that this is a, a smart expense, mm-hmm. this is what we get. Oh, I've lived really through that. Don't worry. The conversations I've had about people looking at me, asking me, you actually make money doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think about how, how many times, JT, in your life, you're on a plane, you're traveling some some country, and you explain what you're doing, and they're like, uh, huh? Are you, are you like oh, Pastrana? Yeah. Do you do no, backflips? You know what generally would happen is if, uh, especially when I was younger, you're dating a girl or whatever, and you meet their parents, and they're like, oh. so you make a living doing what? Yeah, yeah. Great conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, I, it's exactly right. So sometimes I think we need to be careful. Like, if you rock the boat too much, like, we're all we're all living in this bubble that almost shouldn't exist. So I don't want to mess it up too much. Oh, so we should just be okay with that? I'm just saying, like, someone at Suzuki has decided to pretty much lose money since the dawn of time on having a motocross team. Like, yeah. we're going to lose money on this project. But Mike Genova? it's a little money in a market. It's a little <laughs> bit R&D. Help the whole brand in general. I mean, dude, do you think they made enough money to pay Carmichael $5 million a year in 2005 on selling RMZ 450s? No way. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, motocross so, is always the platform marketing yeah. spot, right, for the company? Pretty much. I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. For, like, Yamaha, uh, they, they use it to sell generators and all kinds of stupid stuff. Yep. So, so I think when you're doing fuzzy math like that, it leads to weirdo connections where some marketing guru that doesn't even get it is willing to give part of his budget, but he's like, but you can't do it if you're telling me that the product I'm putting on the showroom floor isn't good enough to win races. That's retarded. Yeah. Well, in reality, there's no connection between those two, but so be it. Yeah. I agree. It's dumb. I agree. Um, do you think that, um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Uh, but, hey, it made a difference for Kenny for whatever reason. He loves it. He talked about it afterwards and, and a big difference in comfort level and everything else. And I question Eli Tomac, like, JT, there isn't two bikes that are that much different than a Cowie and a Honda. Mm-hmm. And Eli obviously got along with his Honda very well with KYB components on it. But to just say, hey, I want to run KYB on a completely different motorcycle, I mean, it may be better. But geez, I don't yeah, know. I would say I, mean, I would say you should probably test quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's all in these guys' you know heads, what, as we know. So, it's just like I wrote today, um, all that matters is what the rider thinks. Yes, yes. Doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. If that if he's happy and he's confident, doesn't even matter. You can yeah. put some off brand on there, and that's yep, why yep, I, he loves it. Go for it. That's why I wrote after Barcher started catching fire. I'm like, everybody, give up. Just give up. Stop testing. Just, just forget it. Forget it all. It doesn't matter. Nothing you do matters. It's all in that whack job's head. And that's the way our sport is. So I use whack job in a lovingly affectionate term. Uh, oh, by the way, um, I was just going through the results here. The, Anderson won the truck, right, for three hole shots? Yes. Okay, the AMA has Barsha getting the hole shot in, in race number two. On the sheets, it says hole shot Justin Barsha, which is just so AMA, so perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw your tweet in the middle of the race, and I was wondering how that was all going, but mm-hmm. you know, none of the announcers or anyone else seemed to care. So <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't it's know. It's just so awesome. It's just say. so awesome. Um, yeah. Anyways, you um, were kind of like, well, the results say this, but it 
looks like you know the yeah. promotion looks better for for Anderson, so we're going with that. I don't know. I love it. It's great. Um, uh, Dungy, uh, JT, you want to talk about Dungy a little bit? Yeah, he. Uh, you know, he rode well, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the Dungy that I think we're used to seeing. Uh, I watched him really closely all day because I was interested to see. Uh, he was your how pick to win, be. and you you he was. you think yeah, I yeah, owe yeah. you fifty dollars, so. which I don't. We proved I don't, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I was watching him really close, and he made more mistakes uh, than I've seen. Man, I, I hate to say the whole season, but because that's not true. But he made a lot of mistakes for Ryan Dungey, and I'm counting practice and everything. Yeah. Uh, he missed the rhythm section a couple times in the race, which really cost him time on on Roxon. Uh, which is uncharacteristic. I mean, it wasn't that technical of a rhythm section mm-hmm. for him to miss that badly. Right. And uh, that's, that's just rust. I, I've lived through that. You know, you take time off or an injury forces you to take some time off and you just, you're not the same elite level, just perfection, which is generally how Ryan rides. There's no right. mistakes. You know, he's kind of like Iceman out there. Uh, but he just didn't have that. And, and you could just notice just that tiny little last 1% of performance he didn't seem to have. And, you know, that's normal when you take time off. Yeah. Yeah, again, I think it's dangerous to draw conclusions. Wygant's already writing Stu off, but I think it's dangerous to uh, to draw conclusions. From well, I think I honestly, like, looking back at it, after watching him ride and thinking about the time off, it, it makes complete sense to me. That it has no bearing on what will happen in Anaheim. Zero. Yeah. But that's what happens when you take time off. That Just that little fine-tuning is, is you know, kind of goes away. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think everybody comes in this race like this, and I, the reason I thought Roxanne would win was because I feel like, yeah, everyone's going to come in in a state of not 100% prepared and truly not willing to live and die to win the event either. You know what I mean? If it's there, if it's there, they'll take it, but they know their career isn't going to be defined by this. And I just feel like Roxanne performs better in those circumstances. I mean, he used to brag about, oh, I had a funnel cake yesterday, and yeah. I showed up and still won the race anyway. I think yeah. that just... Dungy's a little more OCD so, um, about how he has to think about it. Kenny's going to work with Chad's trainer next year. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, Peter Parker. Pete, Pete, yeah, Peter Parker? Spider Man? Yeah, Peter Parker, sorry. Right. Uh, Platinum Fitness. Wow. Um, and then I guess Blake Savage, who is his girlfriend's brother, races professionally, is going to you know kind of monitor and train with Kenny and do all that. So a little bit of a change of a program for, for uh, Roxanne. Well, that so. was a uh, WMG deal for. Chad originally, and now it's a WMG deal for Roxon, so there's yeah. the tie-in. What happened to the Red Bull guy who thought Alden didn't know anything or was doing things I think wrong? That's Clint, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know any more than that. Okay. His name's Clint, but I don't know any more. What happened that. to Clint? <laughs> Again, Clint was on the uh, that MX Nation show, and uh, he didn't seem very happy. No, he did, he did not. No, he did not. So he did not seem very happy with Kenny <laughs> or whatever. There's just been drama. Who knows? Oh, I love it. It's great. Let's keep the keep the flow chart going, everybody, of uh, riders and trainers. So uh, well, I'm confused because I thought that uh, so WMG did get Kenny a trainer for for the riding, but the team thing is separate, right? I can't keep up. I can't keep up. <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, all we know is that all we know. There's no connection between the team and the agency. I've been told that lately. Oh yeah, no, know. nothing, nothing. No, he ended up at RCH. It was really weird. Hart just wanted called Kenny. I mean, it was weird. Yeah, it was just strange. It was one of those I deals. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have gone there. I'm going to get a phone call now. <sighs> These guys are just morons. Like they just. What are you guys thinking? No, no that that's definitely getting a phone call. I didn't say anybody. Now you're getting. A phone I call. said these guys. <laughs> I said these guys. I just meant these guys. I just. That's all. Um, what's like we were talking about with eight? 
Do I go? Do I talk about agencies, agents, or no? I'm I, I'm gonna just uh, go on mute for a while because I don't okay. want to. Because I'm gonna start going off about that too. So. Same here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just everybody's don't... got their side of the story. Yeah, but why can't we just all have like be normal people and just have normal sides of stories? You know, because that's that's how life and business work. Like, you think it's just a motocross thing? Well, why can't I'm not sure what these agents are telling us is true. I'm sure that's just happening here. But I'm just normal. I'm a normal so guy. If I if I don't know something, I just go I don't know, or I ask somebody something. I say, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm just normal. Why can't people be normal? You get so frustrated when someone is like you think that they're biased or they're lying to you, as if. That's only like going on in the pits of this sport. I really like to think more people should be like me. I really think that. I'm biased towards Tim Ferry, but other than that, I, I, I agree. No, you do an excellent job of just calling it as you see it, and I we use that defense every week. I'm always like, yeah, it almost seems like when someone's doing bad, we say they're doing bad. When someone's doing good, we say they're doing good. It's almost like we're just saying what's actually happening, <laughs> and instead, it's like you're just saying that because you're. Sucking this guy's balls, right. and you hate this other guy. But no, we're usually just saying what happened, um, I, and that's great. But I mean, it's just unrealistic to expect that people in that position, like, yeah, I mean, what are we talking? Agents, lawyers, business, marketing people. Like, of course, there's going to be eyebrow-raising decisions. That's probably their job to do that. Yeah, just be normal. That's all. Um, <laughs> hey, so I guess Chad Reed never made the broadcast. A couple people tweeted me that they never saw him. Um, so JT and I can talk about Chad Reed. No. Didn't, yeah, one, didn't know. one of the only guys JT to never get a start on a YZ450. But his lap times are all right. I mean, if he gets a start, he runs fifth or sixth place. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know, we talked about that quite a bit after the race. Um, the riding was okay. The result was terrible on paper. No one's arguing that. But the riding was actually okay. Yeah. Not, uh, not, not great. Not winning. But No, it was okay. Yeah. It was yeah. okay. And he wasn't 100% ready for this race which probably everyone wasn't Mm -hmm. i get that uh really though you know none of that really matters he's got to get his deal done that's priority you know really the only priority and the the race was fun you know he got back in the yamaha truck and all that was was awesome but jimmy perry yeah the the deal is you know getting all these these details ironed out and finding the funding and all that stuff is all that really matters you know the race this weekend was almost like a almost like a sideshow to you know, the real situation yeah. of getting this deal done. Yeah, from what I understand, like Lars and Shane Drew, a couple of guys from Team Team 2, they're done now. Like, it was only to the Monster Cup, and then we're good. Right, you know? yeah. So. He, I mean, he, he's not done on anything right now. Right. You know, hopefully it all works out, but that's, like I said, that's priority yeah. number one is that. You know, even yeah. on, like, Friday when everybody's worried about the race, he's working on his deal. You know, that's just where it is right now. Weed, you got to think it happens, right? I mean, you got to think Chad's going to, they're going to, Monster will figure it out, Yamaha, Ch- they'll all figure it out. Come on, right? Yeah, and I think all three of us on this phone have heard the same reasons as to why. I'm sure a lot of people just saw him riding Yamaha and said, oh, he's pretty much good to go. This is the way it's going to be. Cool. But we all know that that's definitely not on a solid ground, as, as most people might think right now. But I just can't imagine that it's just not going to happen. Like, we're just going to get a... An email is going to be sent out on like December twentieth. Chad Reed retires. Just couldn't couldn't get a ride. Yeah, like, no way. that just that just isn't going to happen. Somehow, some way, it'll happen, and it'll partially probably happen because some agents made things happen. So that's the other side of that. I mean, good for them. Yeah, no, it'd be good to see. It was. Yeah. Uh, I thought he looked okay, like JT said. Uh, not 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 amazing, but 
yeah, probably fifth or sixth. He just he fell in the second one. I think was dead last. Um, so took you know he was way back on that one. And uh, other than that, he was all right. Uh, Brock Tickle qualified second, which was great, but didn't didn't really see much of him um, at all. Um, so he didn't have a great night. Pike was okay. Uh, Purcell fell in one of them, was way back. And Marty Davos got landed on, right, by someone at some point? Marty Osborne. DNF. Osborne. Osborne. Osborne, yeah. Dino Dino knocked himself out. He was looked all right until he knocked himself out in the uh, in the third one. So, bummer. That was for, a weird crash. Did you see it? Yeah. I think he I think he caught, uh, was it Barsha's front end? I think he high-sided uh, by catching Barsha's no, front end. No, he got out of Dungy's way. Yeah, and but, then and then he like clipped the side of like the burn, like he spun oh. his tire up, and then it kind of like just whipped back because they were coming across that start area. Yeah, and there was that berm there, and he like spun and then like it just like high side. It was the weirdest crash I've seen in a while because um, I don't think he was ready for it. Like he was yeah. kind of too relaxed almost on the bike. Yeah, and it just kind of like whipped back when the tire caught and kind of just spit him off the front. It was super strange. Yeah, yeah a little weird. Uh, hey, let's take a commercial break here on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Get some suspension work at Racetech. Uh, use the code PulpMX15 when you're checking out to save yourself money. And Michelin, Michelin Starcross 5, introducing a brand new tire. Four versions, uh, 21 sizes across the range. Uh, new casing, new uh, durable yet flexible sidewall, and a more pliable beat for, for easier mounting. Whatever you think of Michelin tires, uh, this one, uh, throw it all away because the Michelin Starcross 5 changes everything. MichelinMotorcycle.com and we'll be right back here with the two Jasons. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben Lim- also, they're back with Ben LeMay, and uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the 
MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. BTOsports.com. Racerx Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas on the line with me. Monster Energy Cup wrap-up. Um, we had Davey Millsaps on the Pulp Show. I said, dude, what was up with your qualifying? He qualified 18th. So the last guy to not, you know, make go to the LCQ. And he said, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, oh, your bike problem? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, did they find something in your locker again? And he didn't find that funny at all. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm You're such not a, scared. I'll give you that. You're I'm such scared. a dick, right? Like, no wonder why people don't like me. Wow. You know, but. Why can't more people be like you? Yes. Why can't more people <laughs> be like you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so he wouldn't really say. I don't know what happened. JT, maybe you know. You're closer to that team. But anyways, I was like, oh, rough qualifying. But he was actually, he was pretty good, JT. I thought, like, there was nothing wrong with Millsap's performance. He rode well. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think anything happened. He just didn't ride well, and I think he was just trying to like get it out of his head because he knew he was better than that. Oh, so I don't God. think there was any like secret. I just okay. think he was like, you know, what the hell is I doing out there? That's not me. Like, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. 18th qualifier, Jesus. Yeah, right. That's all there was really. That's that's all I got out of it from talking to people around the truck. Right, right, right. So, can you Did imagine you see the lap time? Oh, did you see that? He and Short had the identical lap time for 18th. And then somehow Davey got the tiebreaker, which sent short to the LCQ. I don't know how. Yeah, how do they do I that? Yeah. I, I emailed uh, Jeff Cancel yesterday. I haven't gotten the answer yet. I'm assuming they're just going to go with your second fastest lap. Yeah. And that was. Well, we, we, was faster in the other session, so maybe it was that. But, I mean, you had two teammates. In the only race where that qualifying would matter that much, like mm, yeah. the regular Supercross, they'll both be in the top 40, so it doesn't matter. But here was the difference in short going to the LCQ. Yeah, and Millsaps making it in. They had exactly .904 exactly for both of them. That's I thought it was a typo, but it indeed was correct. Yeah, no, um, and the LCQ was stacked again. Like Kyle Chisholm went home, crashed, and went home. Um, Blessinger didn't ride, didn't didn't line up for the LCQ ride. I don't think. Um, no, I heard. Oh, okay, um, and there was a couple other pretty big heavy hitter guys that just didn't make it. So it's a Monster Energy Cup. It's, it's gnarly that way. Um, what else? Uh, JT, what do you think of Alessi on a Honda? Kind of uneventful, huh? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't really much to talk about because he you know, kind of just back there in the back. You know, he got bad starts um, and then just kind of rode, which honestly, you know, guys like Weston Pike and, and Barsha at times, all those guys were kind of back there. You know, if you didn't get a good start, you were, 
really not going to be in the in yeah. the race. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting some tweets about Mike's mechanic using a wire brush on the gate, on the steel gate that they started with. Are you shocked at that? <laughs> no. Okay. I think that's illegal, though, uh, isn't it? Is that illegal? I don't know that anything's illegal at Monster Cup. Yeah. Anyways, people were like, hey, he's got a wire brush down here. Questionable, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's how they roll. Right. I love how the first time we've ever raced with it's like a steel, you know, grate, really, instead of dirt. Instantly, instantly, they figure out a way. How can we push the envelope on this as far as we can go? Yeah, yeah. Tony's First got a uh, Tony's got a wire wheel down there on a you know, on a Makita thing, He's <laughs> grinding the gate. But uh, you know, hey, we talked about it last night on the Pulp Show. Would you guys want to see a permanent steel gate for a starting area? What do you think about that? Like, Parabinos was on, and I think Millsaps and I were talking about it, and just how you know the gate position in JT. You know, the ruts are. You know, JT. You know. Um, <laughs> The, the gates, the ruts, you know, are so important yeah. and what's outside, what's behind the gate and how it goes and the rocks. And these guys are saying, like, hey, it wouldn't be bad to do that every week. I personally don't like it. Okay. Uh, I think that dirt bikes should, dirt bike tires are made for dirt. Uh, Ooh, you know, that's road a, racing don't start, road racing doesn't start on dirt. You know, we shouldn't start on pavement. It's a bold so. statement right there, Wygant. Dirt bike tires are made for dirt. That's good. That's excellent. That's the ironclad. You cannot break that you, argument. You can't make an argument. No, no. That's hard to re- oh. dispute that. Yeah, oh. I like it. Oh. Simple yet effective, JT. I like it. Well, I just don't yeah. think, yeah. you know, I, I hated pavement. I hated uh, concrete starts. Too. Oh, God, like, right? You get there and light your tire up and ruin it for nothing. And, then you know, like, what's the point? Like, you're too lazy to fix the gates every time? Like, come on. Yeah, we had a point where there was like nine tracks out of 12 had concrete starts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think that's the greatest thing. That's the Steve, White, Steve Whitelock legacy. Of all the things, you know, that he did that were questionable, he got rid of the, the concrete starts. He did? And I really? Will forever be thankful. He did? Yes. Oh. That was his mandate. Get rid of him. I think he's little. I think he's a little bit less of a goofball now then. Yeah. I did uh, not know that. That's, his, that's my one thing that I think he did correctly. Okay. Congratulations. You're going to see, he's, Steve Whitelock's going to end up being the George W. Bush. The history books will, will prove him right. That was always Bush's argument, right? Seems dumb now, but the history books. So maybe 50 years from now, okay. all of Whitelock's things will all begin to see what, what he really, the work he really did and what he really contributed. Hmm. All right. Uh, Steve, think that's coming? No? I, I, I'm still, I still want to talk about agents, but I'm just holding back. Um, okay, uh, hey, Austin Forkner, undefeated the Monster Cup, and I, look, I don't follow these amateur morons, idiots here, like as much as you guys do, but, so, Chase Sexton, uh, Sean Cantrell, um, I can't think of another guy, oh, that the Mitchell Harrison, Mitchell Harrison, um, I heard all about these kids, and they're coming, and they're on it, and they're unbelievable. And again, I don't follow amateur racing as much as I do, but uh, yeah, uh, Forkner worked them, worked them. He looks great. He looks like he could win right now. JT, kid was phenomenal. Yeah, Forkner's good. Forkner's good. Um, actually, I had an argument with a guy at work okay. talking about Charbonneau and all these kids, and I'm like, uh, I'll take Forkner against anyone you want. Just roll them out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we is is it? I don't know how much they showed on the broadcast again, but the kids looks great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they showed the whole race, and the, the starts, by the way, were ridiculous too. Like figuring out that drop down start. Um, yeah, I think for everyone else, it reminds me of you, you get these situations every couple of years, right? Where okay, like I remember <clears throat> first year I went to Loretta's actually was Stu's last year, 
And I think Billy Leninovich was like the guy that was in his class, like, well, he'd be the next guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Billy Leninovich, good rider, right? Talented, good style, definitely fast. Yeah. But it was like mortal versus alien. You know right, what I mean? right, right. It wasn't like there was ever a challenge, oh, he might actually beat him. And I don't even know if that's an insult to Billy Leninovich. It was just, holy crap, it's James Stewart. So, uh, you know, I'm sure all those other guys are good. So if you're their trainer, man, friend, team guy, you see them at the track, you see how fast they're going, you're like, no, nah, man, they can run with anybody. Forkner's just uh, on, a, on a very special level right now. Although, I will say, I, will, I would say there's a chance that Chase Sexton could be the Villapoto to the Alessi, the web to San Cirillo. We, we've seen how quickly these things can be derailed. I mean, everything that Forkner is, San Cirillo was, and now we're all on the fence. Like, will this work out or will it not? And not for any fault of AC. He's not he started doing drugs and partying, got hurt. <laughs> right. So, right, those guys that are just waiting in the wings, we've seen it happen before where somehow it all works out and they actually end up on top. I always get, I was calling Chase Sexton Charlie Sexton. Because you guys remember Charlie Sexton beat So Lonely, rock star in the mid-80s? You guys remember that? No. Maybe he was Canadian. No, maybe, maybe he was Truly was lonely. Maybe he was Canadian, but I, I, got, I kept saying, yeah, Charlie Sexton and... Somebody was like, no, it's Chase. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, all right. Got it. But, um, I mean, look, he, they're good. Sexton finished second. Um, Cantrell's going to be on TLD soon. They're good, but I'm sorry. I mean, I guess it's super cost, so whatever. But Forkner worked them. The kid looks great. Like, like, could he win this year, Weege? Or am I just too excited about him from Monster Cup? Am I making too big of a judgment? But like, can No, no, I don't think you're, I don't think you're too excited. It was weird. I think... Okay, when he dominated the super mini races for a couple of years there, I think that was like above and beyond what he was doing at the regular amateur races. Mm-hmm. Like it appeared that, oh, on a motocross track, they're all pretty close, but for some reason he just goes so much better on a supercross-style track. But I feel that now it's all come together, and he's on that level um, pretty much regardless. But, um, but like I said, man, like, and by the way, what Sexton is going for him, I, I had never really talked to him much until last week. I talked to him before the race, and he's, Lived in Illinois, didn't really go down, went into, down south and trained during the winter. Sexton is not one of these dudes, I think, that was modeling down at MTS since age eight. Which, so, which we talked that's about. That's often the recipe, right? Right. We talked about that's an advantage, right? Right. It is. Like, yeah. hey, I think that's why guys like Dungey and Jeremy Martin are doing so well right now. They were, like, somewhat on the fence at a younger age. Yeah. And then when, when it really mattered is the first time they really went for it and said they're not burned out. So I wouldn't count him out. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Super Mini Class was uh, Super Mini Class. Uh, um, help me out. Who won that? Lance Fobush. Lance Fobush won, yeah. Yeah, number 99, Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky. I'm going to your, your indifference and almost not even realizing who won. I got a couple uh, things I want to say for this event. I think it's cool on paper to get the kids out there and let have, have super mini and amateur all-star. I think it's a great concept, but I really think they just need to say, screw it. Let's have two, two fifty races in between the three main events. That's what they need to do. That's no, what I would do. if I were No there. amateur all-stars, no super mini. You could, if you want have one super mini, you know, in between the first set of mains and have one amateur all-star. But I think, it's not the best move to make them. They're not a side part of the show here. I mean, they are the show. It's like, 
All right, Trey Kennard and everybody else will be back out in a half hour. But now we've got the Superman and the Amateur All-Stars. Cool concept to, you know, give them their introduction on the big stage. Mm-hmm. But I really wonder how many people watching at home or in those stands were like, oh, my God, look at these guys in the gate. There's three-digit numbers. I don't really know who any of them are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think, would be the reaction of most people. Now, right. if you had Jeremy Martin, Cooper Webb, yeah, my wife said, imagine the wives in the stands. Now, if you had Cooper Webb, Jeremy Martin, kind of a mock east-west shootout, like, hey, here's 20 grand or 30 grand of the winner. Come on out and race it, boys. East, west, we don't care. Wouldn't that be more exciting? Yes. Yes, I'm on board with that. I mean, I, I again, props to the amateur and super. It's great for them to get that, that right. opportunity and that exposure, but I don't know if the crowd is going to be more. I mean, it's pretty obvious right. which one the crowd would rather see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Stu and Chad in some two-lap battles. Just those two. <laughs> like you could really make it, you know. Yeah. So. Hey, remember, they did have the U.S. Open. Remember, they did that for a few years. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. I'd like to see Tim Ferry, rivalry race. Tim Ferry and Yogi going at it. So, um, they had Chicken and Bradshaw once. They, they did. did they had a match race. Yeah, chicken no, and they did. Wasn't, didn't go poor well. Chicken. Yeah, poor chicken. Yeah, so, poor chicken. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, I believe someone in the, uh, someone on the field side was... By the end of the week, I heard someone not referring to him as Chicken, Jeff, or Matasevich, but a burnout, I believe, is what I heard. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do when you're matched up against Bradshaw? You're shitting your pants. Uh, and that happens. <laughs> it happens. All, it happened to everybody. It happened to, you know, I, I get it. Right, JT? That's true. Right? Like, yeah, there's really, uh, you know, there's Bradshaw, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're yeah. Kelly Smith, he has no fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We took him down that year. Matheson and Smith took him down. Um, that was when he got in a fight with Lance Smale, and, and like they were like going to throw blows. And then awesome. Bradshaw's brother was yelling, and he was going to throw blows. It was great. Um, oh. Four stroke intermission race at U.S. Open. So, wow. Uh, hey, so um, was it? Yeah. What else? Uh, Monster Energy Cup. You guys, anything else on your minds? JT, you hung out with uh, MC and Chad at the Cromwell. I did. Yeah, Saturday night. How was that? How was that? MCs. Uh, yeah, it was a monster deal, but yep. they, uh, you know, there was a ton of people there. I mean, it, it felt like the whole industry was was up there, uh, but it was it was really mellow. Just everybody kind of hanging out as an outside deal, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, up on the kind of rooftop place. Yep. Um, but it was good. It was fun. It wasn't the, you know, like techno kind of really because I had passes. I had that. passes, and I didn't want to go because of techno uh two hour for drinks uh techno blasting not able to talk Nah, it was good it was uh much more laid back open bar kind of hang out by the pool talk oh, you know, i'm so right up your alley i'm yeah, so bitter it. right now i wish you would have told me that <laughs> i got these wristbands and i'm like i don't want to do that you know ah dude yeah that would have been good now i'm jealous um that's all right i didn't even know i'm here next year again i didn't know mc was there but uh, i didn't know he yeah so um, well, yeah, he, actually, funny story. Uh, Friday night, I was uh, I was just playing blackjack, and I got up from my table, and I was walking, and he, like, MC, like, bumps into me, like, on purpose, and he's like, what's up, cool guy? And I'm like, I'm a cool guy? You're Jeremy McGrath. <laughs> you have seven titles and 72 wins, and yeah. you're calling me a cool guy. Like, yeah. I, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Funny, well, I you know I just wrote something about him in the Racer X. He got the cover of Racer X. He was the cover of Dirt Rider, and I think he didn't he not make the Transworld cover when the Cowie thing dropped a couple months ago. 
I don't the know. Trifecta? I think so. Probably. But, like, what other guy at 45 years old is going to get a cover? I think that just says something, right, Weege? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, doesn't it just say something for Jeremy McGrath? He's getting covers of magazines, and he's long retired. Yeah, when, uh, I mean, I knew that we were going to have him on the cover, obviously, but when it actually showed up in my mailbox, it made me actually think about that. And I'm like, other guys have figured out how to retire well and gracefully now, but I feel like he was the first to, to really do it. Like, before McGrath, partially because I don't think there was as much money out there, it was like nobody quite retired at that, you know, level. Like, ah, I'm going to be in and out. I don't need to come into the race every weekend to get a paycheck, but I'll still be around. I won't leave completely. I feel like he kind of pioneered. Now, obviously, we've seen Carmichael do some big things since he retired and stuff, but I feel like McGrath was the first guy to figure out how to retire in, 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 a, in, a, in a perfect manner. So I guess that's still paying off. I don't see Chad, James, Ricky, RV, Dunge getting covers. Uh 15 years after they retired. I just don't see it. Am I wrong? I mean... I think Ricky still does, right? Uh, yeah, that's... You might want to take him out of that equation. Why? I mean, he he didn't retire that long ago. Did he get a cover recently? Well, he retired eight years ago. Did he get a About cover? Nine. I mean, he gets covers. He does? I think so. I was surprised we didn't put him yeah, on the I cover. Wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Okay. All right. I just think it really it's... Really depends any on how... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, I was going to say any anytime he anytime he has a big new, you know, like he's doing these projects all the time. I think he's he's capable of getting one in a slow month. Anytime something like that happens, but has he gotten them? I don't know offhand, we, but I would, we didn't I would even, bet he has. We didn't give him one for the Loretta's comeback, which I would have bet my house on that we were going to give him one, <laughs> and he didn't. So racer X meaning racer X. I, um, I guess I, I guess maybe you're right. I just would not want to rule it out. Like okay. you said, I just don't. Right. No, yeah. no. Okay. It all depends on how involved. Uh, you know, you can read like RJ is a perfect example. I mean, Rich Johnson was as big a star as anyone, but he left and, and tried NASCAR, and I think that was it. And I think he somewhat has now. People have forgotten just how big a star he was. But McGrath did an excellent job of just keeping himself relevant year after year, never completely fading from the spotlight, Yeah, which means that 10 years later, people that didn't even see him race, or 15 years later, people didn't see him race, he still is a big deal to them, and you can put him on the cover, and it still sells magazines. Carmichael's obviously keeping himself relevant, too. He almost stepped away. He did go to NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So if Chad does the same type of thing, I could see it happening. Or Dunge does the same type of thing. Okay. I don't know if Dunge is ever going to get to that level of wattage. Tim Ferry? That kind of, what of that wattage? He was Loretta's last year, man. If Raynard had gotten him, I think he was lined up for the cover. Oh, stupid Renard. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Jim Hawley asking James about running a pink sprocket for breast awareness in the press conference <laughs> was, was, was epic. Quote of the weekend. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're running a you're running a pink sprocket. I don't think that was a mistake. <laughs> I don't think that was a mistake for Jim. I think that's really what he meant. He was generally concerned about breast awareness. <laughs> oh, like is there is there a better individual to ask screw that up than Jim Holly? Like seriously. Uh, James, you're running a pink sprocket for uh, breast awareness. <laughs> Jim. Every, all month he's watching football games and seeing wide receivers with pink shoes, and the whole time he's just thinking, "Yep." <laughs> but that's also offset by the multitude of strip clubs he probably visited this month too. So, yeah, yin and yang. Right. Maybe he does. Yeah, he donates a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, so Monster's going to be a title sponsor, or not title, a sponsor for JGR next year. They might be title. Speaking of energy drinks yeah. and what they're doing, um, so they were a Barsha deal, and then um, um, so we'll see what, where they end up. They could be title. I don't know what you've heard, Weed. You're closer to those guys than I am, but that's what I hear. So. Um, uh, same thing you have. Yeah. They don't know exactly where to go, right. but there'll be some involvement. And uh, yeah. our buddy Johnny Knowles locking down the JGR team for goggles, Scott goggles, and uh, and Scott bikes. And then I saw Paggio, the Oakley guy, after the race, and him and Knowles were in the truck while Knowles is like happily throwing boxes of Scott product into the truck. Couldn't take oh, the wow. grin off his face. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Padge. <laughs> How are you letting this happen? Look at this guy with the boxes of Scott. And Patch is like, nah, I helped him. So, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So, that's a big deal for Scott, People everybody. The show don't know that, that, like, they probably are like, oh, they switch goggles. I don't even remember what team runs which goggle brand half the time. But we know, we know, <laughs> JT, you know, on the inside, the goggle guys and who they have and how their guys do, like, it is more important to them than probably anything. Than any brand, any this is huge when a, when a team switches for these goggle guys. So, oh yeah, I, I mean we all we all know we all know how excited Knowles was. Um, but I think oh, I think <laughs> for this deal for this deal is a little different because you got you know part of the car side and all that. You know, JGR yeah. is such a huge enterprise. Um, but there may be no fiercer competition than between the goggle guys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. So it's. Might not sound like a big deal. People listening to this, just trust us. Anytime something happens on yeah. the goggle side, yeah. it's huge. So now, yeah, Barsha gets to do his own goggle deal. Is kind of how it all kind of came about. Barsha's new deal with JGR was like, I want to do my goggles. So he's got an individual <laughs> goggle deal. Oh. Phil and Weston have team goggle deals, and they'll all be on Scott bikes. So, um, and then Will they uh, all have Scott goggles. They all end up. Whatever the way it's drawn up, but they all will at where Scott goggles though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, from what I know, uh, Pro Circuit will be in Fox. I don't know if you two heard of that. Jerky's, uh, Jerky's. Uh, did you hear that, Jay? JT. I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay, yeah, because Fly was in the running, um, and I think A Star was in the running, and Answer, and so I think I've heard Fox is done. So look for Pro Circuit to have a. That's going to be weird. Fox boots too. Um, I'm not going to argue with you on this, yeah. if that gives you anything. It's going to be weird to see Mitch's guys in yeah. something else. That will be a little bit of a, like, whoa, you know? So, and uh, I think we talked about this before, but Star will be in four next year. And am I missing anybody? Is Anders, was anybody else, uh, JT, is Fly locked down on the Rockstar guys, or is that, they could they, they could change? Yeah, yeah, we had a, we had a, okay, so that'll, they'll still be changed. But anyway, yeah. some gear, gear war is going on out there. And, uh, oh, Bogle, Bogle, we hear, is back to Geico, because of the Yamaha thing falling apart, and Bogle will be on a, uh, Geico Honda Works 450, but under the Honda truck. Right, Weech? Is that what we're hearing? You'll be like yeah, a Tom- I guess somewhat similar to what, uh, Tomac, what, um, Tomac had, yeah. Tomac had, yeah. Geez, that's a that's a big hit for Bogle, huh, JT? Like to go from what he was looking for, talking to. It really, it's nothing really against Bogle. It's the way the contracts were. Like nobody's up. Like he's kind of not in no room in this world. Yeah, but I think I think when you're saying big hit, did you mean ride wise or money wise? Because the ride, I think no, money wise, like a awesome. the security yeah, but deal. The money yeah, thing I think yeah. was just completely out of control, wrong to start with. 
What do you every mean? Every number I was ever, every oh. number I ever heard in a rumor form was just like what? Yeah, that, that was my initial, the immediate initial reaction was yeah. uh, what? Like really? Yeah. No. And then it was a followed by immediate no. So. Well, yeah. So, anyways, a one-year deal, uh, probably no money from Honda and Geico, just a bike parts mechanic, and uh, you know he'll be back looking again next year. Which there's a ton of contracts coming up next year. So, um, we'll see what happens there. Any any other rumors, JT? Did I, did I, I mean, it was the, the wrong year to be a free agent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did I miss anything else, JT? Did, did I cover any rumors and? Uh, I was trying stuff? to think. Um, you know, the KTM 250 team went away, so that Fox deal went away. Um, yeah, that was a team you know, deal, right? With Marvin, right? And, yeah, right, and, and right. Justin Hill. So Justin Hill moved over, and he's a TLD now. And Alex Fry will be there, I guess, too. A TLD. Yeah, he had a yeah. he had a deal that moved him, guaranteed him into that spot. Yeah, yeah. So so. Um, They'll be. They'll have what six, five guys then, right? I think. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. That's all. Oh, is that Mitchell Harrison racing to fifty West? I heard that. He's he's signed. He's got his arena cross points or something. So. Yeah. The uh, the, the press release said he's racing Supercross. Yeah. Okay. So. That 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 makes five riders in that team because Amart essentially replaced um, a Rod. Yeah. So they had four. Yeah. And now they. Yeah, uh, I heard that uh, the Bogle thing kind of sealed the fate for Bichelia. He w- he still had a chance to stay. I heard until the Bogle thing w- oh, got okay. locked down. And he's going to do a Suzuki ride along with Daniel Baker. Right. Suzuki, but it's not a factory. A lot of misconceptions out there that it's a factory Suzuki effort. I don't think factory Suzuki has a factory Suzuki effort <laughs> for 250. It, yeah, it's <laughs> just going to have anything to give them. And is it the dirt candy guys? Or I hear different things, but that's what I hear. That's going to be a new team-ish. So, and um, Barn Pros is Michael Lieb and Austin Politelli. They signed those guys, so good for them. You better believe that. Um, and uh, oh, by the way, I did tweet this out, and maybe it was a dick move, but if you're Suzuki, if you're Pat Alexander, and you're at the Monster Cup, and there are no Suzukis in the two of the Amateur All Star, and no Suzukis in the uh, Super Mini, you got to be like, what are we doing, right? I mean, they are trying to do that, Weech, but. Jeez, wow, they've fallen. They've really fallen. Yeah, I don't think it was just Monster Cup that uh, would, would get this point across. Yeah, but, I guess, right, yeah. You know, they didn't yeah. have any minutes, 250 class all year. Uh, I think they're just having a tough time finding the money. So, like, I, I think yeah. in this case, if it's dirt candy or whatever it is, and they're like, the best we can do is, you know, we'll just get a privateer team that isn't really getting a hookup from anybody, and we'll just get them some bikes and parts. We're not going to have a full-on works team. We don't have the money for it. Um and it's the opposite side of what we were saying before with the Roxon deal and suspension. Like, the Japanese are just weird the way they go about it. Like, everyone at Suzuki has told me over and over, it's never a matter of, you know, we're going out of business or losing money. It's just they're conservative. You know, the economy got rocked, mm-hmm. things got tight, and they're just afraid to, to jump in with both feet. Whereas you can see a company like KTM apparently fears nothing. <laughs> just throw money at it. Go, 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 yeah. go, go. Well, so, yeah. The, philosophy. The good news is Suzuki can look at Yamaha, and five years ago with the oil tank carburetor to the F, they had one privateer. They had two factory dudes and one privateer out of, like, 60 guys at Anaheim won one time. You know, five years ago, whatever that was, four years ago. Yeah. Literally three the Yamahas, one? and look where they're at now. So. The one worry I have, though, is while Suzuki laid down more than – I mean, all the Japanese companies struggled a bit, and KTM, I'm sure, picked up some from everybody. But I think it's pretty obvious that Suzuki is probably taking the biggest hit of anyone. Just look at the results that we're talking about uh, in those classes. 
if they do ramp it up and they do get back to full force, KTM is not a big player like they used to be, and Husqvarna now exists where they didn't practically exist. Is there room for six brands to thrive in this marketplace? According to JT, no problem. Tons of money out there. No problem. All right. Six teams, no problem. So, yeah, I think I think that's a legitimate question to ask. You know, for sure, uh, should be interesting to see. Yeah, like I don't know, the pie got bigger. KTM just took part of everybody's pie, so if everybody wants the same pieces back. There's not enough room. How much? So what's going to happen? Is this a? Is this a? Not selling more bikes ever. <laughs> is this a blame pie? What kind of pie is this? Blame pie. Yeah. All right, btosports.com or Race Rex Podcast with the Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, uh, Monster Energy Cup wrap up. Uh, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. We sh- we need we don't have anything coming up to do one of these, but maybe we'll do some sort of uh, silly season talk or something in the next coming coming weeks. So we'll see. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. See ya. This has been the btosports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that 
that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.